Leviticus chapter 23 is where we'll be tonight. This season of Thanksgiving and this week where we do pause to give thanks. And we, we as Christians, I think, have a biblical precedent for doing this. Thanksgiving is not something that we just simply go and rush out to get the Christmas deals before all of the toys are gone. It's Or running around trying to make all the families happy and no one gets as much time as they want with the grandchildren and no one's happy. Thanksgiving is a biblical foundation. And tonight I want us to look at where this comes from. Leviticus chapter 23 tells us about the Feast of Booths, or also known as the Feast of Tabernacles, or in other passages of Scripture, the Feast of Ingathering. So Leviticus chapter 23, if you can stand, let's read God's Word together, beginning in verse 33. Leviticus chapter 23, beginning in verse 33. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of this seventh month, and for seven days is the feast of booths to the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. For seven days you shall present food offerings to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall hold a holy convocation and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall not do any ordinary work. Now drop down to verse 39. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a solemn rest, and on the eighth day shall be a solemn rest. And you shall take on the first day the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows from the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. You shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It is a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in the booths for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in the booths, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in the booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Let's pray. Dear God, we do thank you for your goodness to us. And you even established in the earliest years of your people a remembrance of all the good things that you do. And so God, tonight I pray that in this season of hectic busyness in our secular society where, yes, families are gathering with joy and and visiting, and, and people who've not seen each other for a while, that this is a joyous time for families to gather. I do pray, God, that you would protect our souls from getting sucked into the commercialism and the busyness and the stress and where we forget, Lord, your goodness. So, Lord, I, I pray tonight you'd teach us. Teach us how to be thankful. Teach us through establishing of your festivals, what this looks like to give thanks. Let this time be yours tonight, God. Let it, let it be a joyful time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Have a seat. God bless you guys. 
What we read here in Leviticus chapter 23 is known as the Sukkot. This is one of the three major festivals that God indicated through the Mosaic law that uh, the nation of Israel would follow for generations and generations and generations. Why do we look at this? It's because in our, in our tradition of thanksgiving in the United States, the, the earliest, I mean, the Puritans, the pilgrims from the Puritan traditions, they looked to this festival as the model for the Thanksgiving feast that started it all for us. Did you all know that? The Puritans, when they were gathering and giving thanks to the Lord for that for surviving that first, those first few years in the New World and the friendships that they developed with the Native Americans, the, the Puritans went to Scripture and said, we want to celebrate the Lord in a biblical way, and this was the model. You're not going to hear that in your history books, and you're not going to hear that in the news this week as we talk about Thanksgiving. Like tomorrow morning at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. How many people watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on TV tomorrow? That's not your... It was a tradition for my family. I mean, we would get up on Thanksgiving Day and boom. And it became a big thing for our family when my sister in her junior year of high school, uh, the marching band went to New York to march in the Macy's Day Parade. So we were all at home watching for my sister on TV. I think we did catch a glimpse of her. right? But you're not going to hear this tomorrow at the Macy's Day Parade. But the Puritans who established the tradition of thanksgiving, looked to this festival as their inspiration because they wanted to follow the biblical precedent of giving thanks. They wanted to do it the way God wanted us to give thanks. And so they looked to this festival. So what's going on here in Leviticus chapter 23? God is establishing these festivals throughout the year for, for many reasons, but primarily God wanted his people to remember his goodness for them. He wanted us to remember, he wanted to establish a a generational tradition of thanksgiving through remembering. And he establishes this feast at a very particular time of the year. This Feast of Tabernacles is also known as the, uh, the Feast of Booths. It's also known as the Feast of Ingathering. It depends on which passage of Scripture you're looking at. But this, uh, in this Feast of Booths, you see two things going on here. And I want us to point these out in the passages that we read. There's two main things going on. Number one, there's a historical reminder of how God provided for the children of Israel during the 40 years of their traveling around in the wilderness. Even, if, even though they were in punishment, even though God said, you will, this generation will not see the promised land and you're going to wander in the desert for 40 years, I will still provide for you. Wow. And we see this here um, in, in, in verse 36 here of Leviticus 23. For seven days you shall present food offerings to the Lord. 
On the eighth day you shall hold a holy convocation and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall not do any ordinary work. Now that's interesting. As, as they're gathering in the food, and see this is what happened. At, this festival was presented at a time of the end of the harvest. So there would be plenty of food here for you to gather and to give your offering to the Lord. This would have been the time of the year that you would have given the grain offerings and the different food offerings that the Lord indicated in the Mosaic Law. The second thing here that we see, if you look down to verse 42, he says, You shall dwell in booths or tents or tabernacles for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the historical element is that he wanted the people to live in tents, really, for seven days. And he also wanted them to gather the food of the harvest during this time and give offerings to the Lord. Does that sound familiar to us during Thanksgiving? This is a, this, he wanted this season to be a season of Thanksgiving. At the end of the harvest, you stop and you remember how I have provided for you. And also God wanted them to remember his love for them. Now what's going, here's something else that's very interesting during this time. This Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths, it happens at the end of the calendar year, agricultural year, right before the rainy season starts. So by this point, you would have gathered in all of your produce and all of your olives and all of your fruits and everything that you would have gathered from all of your, your agriculture, and you would have actually had them out on the rooftops of your houses to dry. And this was the time that you would gather all of that in from your rooftops. They were dry, they were ready to be preserved, and you would bring them in because the rainy season was about to start. The rainy season started after the harvest. Now think about the rainy season. Number one, you're bringing in all this food. You want to protect the food. You want to bring it inside. But then you're going to go out and live in a tent at the beginning of the rainy season. Ponder that for a minute. Isn't God funny? God has a sense of humor. He's taking his people and he's, he's commanding them, you will do this. You will live in tents. You will live in these tabernacles, these booths, for seven days during a celebration right at the beginning of the rainy season. It's amazing what God is... It's, think about this. Just when the rainy season starts... God is telling them, I want you to remember my provision for you. This was a celebration that was both at the end of the agricultural year and actually crossed over to the beginning of the new year. So this was kind of like an end of the year, new year celebration as well. As, these, as the children of Israel were doing this, especially as the generations progressed, after they took over the land of Canaan and they, they made it their own, there were still some Canaanite peoples living in the land while Israel was establishing the nation. And this became more and more of a tradition as generations came about. So you can imagine, here's what would be happening. During the time of the harvest and during the time of the agricultural season, nobody lived in their houses. They were out in the fields, working in the fields, and, and the Canaanites would, would actually do these watchtowers and watch over their fields. And, and, and at the end of the 
agricultural season, the Canaanites would come back to their houses because the rainy season was starting. And God would have the children of Israel at the same time leave their nice solid houses and go out into the fields during the rainy season. So you can imagine all of Israel's neighbors, these pagans, these Gentiles, what are these crazy children of Israel doing? You see what God's doing here? He's wanting them to live a testimony even in the midst of those who do not call God their father. He wants to take his children and say, this is a celebration once a year I want you to do. You want to remember my provision for you, not only historically, but also currently. So you have a historical element here. You have an agricultural element here of this celebration. We do the same thing now with our Thanksgiving celebrations this week. Now, we, I've not studied this since elementary school, but we used to study the, the, the story of the Thanksgiving Day, pilgrims, right? We used to, y'all still do that in school? Do you, Eli? Okay. Right? Now, they don't give the God element to this anymore, hardly. Some teachers still will. But we see here that the Puritans, who we now call the pilgrims, they wanted to model a biblical attitude of thanksgiving. Now, what does Jesus do with this? What is, God always establishes these things in the Old Testament to point to something in the New Testament. Okay? He always sets up these festivals to point to Christ. Let's turn to John chapter 7. And let's see Jesus here speak about during this season of the Festival of the Booths. John chapter 7. We're going to be looking at beginning in verse 37. John chapter 7, beginning in verse... This whole chapter 7 is talking about Jesus ministering during the Feast of Booths. Verse 37 of John chapter 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who, those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice what Jesus is doing here. All of chapter 7, Jesus is at the festival of tabernacles, the festival of booze, celebrating with all of his countrymen out in the fields, living in the, in the booths, in the tabernacles. And on the last day, the last day of the seven days was considered the greatest of all the days because that would have been the... the the culmination of a day of consecration, of holy. It'll be a holy day. And what does Jesus do? He stands up in the middle of the whole festival. Verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. He gets their attention and he proclaims the gospel right there in the middle of the feast. Now tomorrow when you're gathering with your family, I want to challenge somebody to stand up in the midst of the family celebration and proclaim what Jesus is claiming here, proclaiming here. 
How many of y'all are willing to do that? Y'all willing to do that? Here's what Jesus says. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus is saying this right in the middle of the rainy season. He's saying this right, I can imagine, I mean, mud and, and rivers of water flowing past these tents. And Jesus is proclaiming this loudly for everybody to hear in the midst of the feast. Everybody is celebrating and giving thanks to the Lord. And he's saying, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And Jesus was pointing to why we give thanks to the Lord. God provides not just food for us to eat, not just houses for us to live in. He doesn't provide just a salary for us to pay the bills. God provides Himself through His Son, who then the Holy Spirit is poured through. Amen. That's worth giving thanks for. Because what Jesus is declaring here about the Holy Spirit and tying it into the imagery of the living water, Jesus is declaring that because there is no peace, there is no salvation in this life. There's actually, this life is dead, he's saying, because there's no peace, no salvation, no life. There's no happiness in our human affairs, in our taking control of our own lives. Jesus is declaring in the midst of this celebration for everyone to hear that God is moving with compassion, that God moves and grants the fountain of life, and that is worth giving praise and thanksgiving for. Amen? And this fountain of life is Jesus Himself who gives us the Holy Spirit this Feast of Tabernacles, this Feast of Booths, this Feast of Ingathering, all the same thing, just different names. You can read about it in Exodus 23, Exodus 34, and Deuteronomy chapter 16. All of these passages refer to the different names of this same ta- uh, feast. Do we give thanks to the Lord for the salvation that comes to us through Christ? Do we give thanks to the Lord for the Spirit that God brings forth through His Son to us? It is Jesus who imparts the Holy Spirit in this world that we live in. The Creator of all that there is sends His Son who was there at the beginning of all creation and caused all of creation to eventually bring God's presence. His, actually, the Holy Spirit, you could say, is it's God's Spirit, but it's also Christ's Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes from the Father through the Son to us. Wow. I can keep on preaching, but we need to pray. Think about this. My challenge for us all, and this is for me too, as I was praying and reading through all of this stuff, um, as I was pulling all this together and thinking through what is the importance of thanksgiving? I mean, it's, it's going to be great to gather around turkey and love on your family. And Ladies, God bless you for stressing out and doing everything for your families to make everything. Now, and guys pitching in, doing what your wives tell you to do or your mothers or 
All of that's great. Now, my grandmother, rest her soul, whenever we would gather for Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house, it was against the law for anyone to do anything in her kitchen. She wouldn't let me in her kitchen. She wouldn't let her daughters in her kitchen. It was her kitchen. But I think times have changed. We, uh, we're all pitching in as families now, aren't we? The men are allowed to cook the meat. I get to cook the meat tomorrow. I go, I'm going to smoke a turkey. That's my contribution. But when we gather together tomorrow, guys, when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to ask that you remember why God calls us to give thanks. It's not just the money. It's not just the houses. It's not just the toys. It's not even good health. I mean, all that's good. I'm thankful for good health. God calls us to give thanksgiving so we remember His provision. He calls us to give thanksgiving that even in the midst of wandering in the wilderness, He's still there to take care of us. Now, if you can give thanks in those kind of circumstances, that's, that's pure gratitude. And if you can give thanks in, in a feast of booze when the rainy season starts and you're living outside in the rainy season and you can still give thanks to the Lord and it be a holy, consecrated day of praise and thanksgiving, that's, that's thanksgiving. Amen? So let's, let's all pray tomorrow together. Is that somebody's car? That might have been mine. Oops. My, my keys are in my pocket. Oops. Because I felt my keys. I thought, I bet that's mine. Anyway. Tomorrow, as we're gathering, as you get up in the morning, before you get all stressed out and worried about the food getting on the table or getting to Grandma's house or whatever, I want to ask you to remember. I want to I challenge you. Gather as a family and pray for each other. And just pray an attitude of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen. Thank you for my family. Thank you for our church. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation that you give us. Can we start our day tomorrow that way and end that day? Hopefully you don't... I mean, some of us have to work. I know there are several in this room that are going to have to work tomorrow. And I know that you're probably going to gather with families at different times throughout the next few days. You know? But whenever your family gathers, who, I want to ask somebody to be bold enough to stand up like Jesus did and proclaim what he did on the last day of the fest, festival. That'd be amazing. Amen. Now, here's how I'd like for us to close out. In your bulletin here, I've given you a copy of a, a Puritan prayer. I think, was, I think this is appropriate since the Puritans who were the pilgrims were the ones who kind of gave us this tradition of thanksgiving in our country. This is, a, this is a prayer from a Puritan prayer book. You know, the Puritans had books of prayers. They, they wrote devotions down, and they actually were so dedicated to their faith, they had discipline, they had hours of prayer throughout the day. They, they, I, I pulled this out of a book where they would, they would have a, a series of readings for the morning reading and the evening reading. The morning prayers and the evening prayers. And then the prayers in the midday and the prayers at afternoon. You know, the Puritans were devoted. They really were. You know, so this idea that the pilgrims were staunchy Bible thumpers shaking your finger at they, they, they were, they were, they were, they were so holy in their lives. Now, I'm not saying they were perfect. There's a lot of flaws in the history too. But their intent, the, the idea of the Puritans, they wanted a purified life. 
And they were devoted to the Word of God. They were devoted to prayers. They were devoted to God Himself. I want to begin reading, and, and you can read along with me silently or out loud if you wish. But when we get down to the part of, I thank you for the soul that you have created, I want us to all read that in unison. Okay? Oh my God, you are the fairest, the greatest, the first of all objects. My heart admires, adores, loves you. For my little vessel is as full as it can be. And I would pour out all that fullness before you in ceaseless flow. When I think upon and converse with you, 10,000 delightful thoughts spring up. 10,000 sources of pleasure are unsealed. 10,000 refreshing joys spread over my heart, crowding into every moment of happiness. And let's read this together. I thank you for the soul that you have created, for adorning it, sanctifying it, though it is fixed in barren soil, for the body you have given me, for preserving its strength and vigor, for providing senses to enjoy delights, for the ease and freedom of my limbs, for hands, eyes, ears to do your bidding, for your royal bounty, providing my daily support, for a full table and overflowing cup, for appetite, taste, sweetness, for social joys of relatives and friends, for ability to serve others, for a heart that feels sorrows and necessities, for a mind to care for my fellow men, for opportunities of spreading happiness around, for loved ones and the joys of heaven, for my own expectation of seeing you clearly. I love you about the powers of language to express, for what you are to your creatures. Increase my love, O oh my God, through time and eternity. Amen. That is a Puritan prayer. Let's close out in a time of prayer together. And I'm, I would love for you to... I'm just going to start us some prayer, but as, as you feel led to pray, pray out loud just where you're sitting, or if you want to stand, that's fine. And let's give prayers of thanksgiving to the Lord tonight. Can we do that? Amen. I'll, I'll start us out, and I'm going to ask Matt, when you feel with everybody's done, would you just close us out? Thank you. Dear Father God, we thank you uh, in much the same way that this Puritan prayer does. I pray, God, that you would remind us of your goodness. I pray, God, that you would remind us of your provision for us. And then that, that memory would just cause us to just weep with joy over what you do. And it's more than just our everyday living and our food and our clothing and our provisions. It's, God, in the midst of our inability to live, and our inability to find joy and happiness, and our inability to even, some, even come close to your holiness, Lord, you provided salvation. And for that, God, we give you praise. And for that, God, we thank you. Tonight, God, hear our prayers of thanksgiving. And I just pray, God, that you would stir within us that prayer of thanksgiving. We may not know what to give you thanks for. And that's why, Lord, Lord, I pray that you would just cause us to know what to pray for. And you would give us the words. And you would give us that joy. Hear our prayers tonight, God, I pray.